Welcome to the Learning About Dogs podcast with Kay Lawrence and Frances McCormack and introducing her new collie puppy, Nika. This series is going to be focusing on all those questions that arise when you try and survive that first year with a new puppy. Good, so, so Nika's now about 10 weeks old. She's been home with you for a couple of weeks. It's been exciting. Been a Very. new world for you all. <laughs> Was it a mistake or are you thrilled with how it's going? No, definitely not a mistake. Absolutely delighted. She's settled in so well to the house. She and Tiernan, it's the best thing I've ever done for him. He's yeah, thrilled. Yeah. He just, he loves his life with her. Um, and she's, she's a great pup. So credit she's to the breeder pup. and by... Well, I mean, you don't even know, you know, the breeding behind her. You only know her mother, but credit to the genetics that she's inherited and the breeder allowing her to blossom. Yeah, the foster family did fantastic work. Oh yeah, with her, I have to yeah. Say. yeah, 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 super, super. I mean, good early learning baby puppies up to eight weeks old. It should give them every chance just to blossom and be safe, you know, and then mm-hmm. then they're ready to take on the next stage of their world. Absolutely yeah. lovely. Okay, so in that, that first couple of weeks, uh, again, that difference between what you expected and what you got is often um, a gulf. <laughs> so what did she teach you in that time? What changes did you have to make because it wasn't what you were absolutely expecting? So, you know, did she stay sleeping on the pillow? She did. Uh-huh. Uh, she's she, not just sleeping beside me, but actually worming her way onto the pillow above my head and <laughs> during one night at about half past two in the morning trying to kick me off because she wanted it all to herself <laughs> and does she Which, wake you or, or you wake for her she wakes when my alarm goes off oh, right, and okay. at that point she will rather excitedly lick my face and you know good morning let's get up and do things so she's Mostly learned, learned the sound things. of an alarm clock. Oh, learned dear. the sound there of an alarm go. clock. Yes. Yeah. And I hope it's not an alarm for other things in the house as well. It's not like it's a phone alarm, is it? It's a phone alarm, but it only rings for that okay, good, particular. Good, good. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but there's no hitting the snooze button anymore. Oh, right. Yes, and yes. there's no changing the time of the alarm because she's also somehow learned to preempt the alarm going off. So try as I might to silence it, or if it's a weekend and I don't have the alarm set, we're still getting up at this time. They, uh, yeah, I mean, they will recognise sounds of birds. They will recognise the sounds of the day dawning. Okay. You know, um, I, I'm not an alarm user. I'm a sort of a daylight waker. And the, the puppies will certainly know it's daylight. Come on, woman, wake us up. Come feed us. Um, it's time to be getting up, which at this time of year gets earlier and earlier. <laughs> We're heading towards yeah. spring. And then you've got to cope with the clocks changing as well. So, uh, <laughs> yes. oh, joy. so they start picking up all the noises from that go with that pre-alarm sound. Yes, it can even be the sound of the central heating coming on, and then your alarm goes off a few minutes later. You know, they'll learn very quickly what's relevant to them. Yeah, cool. So how and is how's t- the feeding going then? Is she eating as expected? Is it all coming out wonderfully well? <laughs> It's coming out very nicely, thank you very much. Feeding is going well. She's constantly hungry. Good. She would eat anything that uh, 
we put down in front of her, except for celery, but trying her with a range of things from the fridge and, and the veg box and so on. Excellent. Very eager for her food. And I think if she didn't go to eat in her pen, she'd also be trying to eat from Tiernan's bowl. She's, All right. she's a rapid eater. Yeah, so, so well, again, this is the post-litter survival mechanism, because if you don't eat it, you don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter even if the pups have separate bowls. You know, for puppies, eating is a communal thing. And if you don't fight for your own, um, you know, portions, you, you just simply, there won't be anything left. Um, right. And in a way, I know often um, sort of puppy rearers will tend to give them more than they need because they stop this fighting. This is normal. You know, there should be a certain degree of having to get this food down you at, at, at a good rate. Um, I've seen a litter of puppies that were overfed, i.e. there was too much food available all the time. I've never seen such dozy puppies and sure enough training them for food was a nightmare because they couldn't be bothered just couldn't be bothered yeah. hey let's do some clicker training no really not bothered about food really don't want it oh and it was it was a good year before we actually got food to become something that you chased and then we eat it but it was about chasing the food you know it was it was very difficult so so having a certain degree of if you don't eat it I will is no bad thing but we don't want it to extremes but so so she's normally in the pen in the kitchen when you're busy doing walking around with hot pans and things like that yep uh, no <laughs> uh, that was that was something i didn't think to do so we have gates on all of the rooms in the house for safety uh -huh. in the kitchen she has chosen a mat where she likes to position herself and she'll happily stay there as i'm cooking Cool. But now that I think about it, now that I reflect back on it, that's one of the things that would have been helpful, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that safety issue, even turning around and accidentally tripping over her. Yeah, yeah. And they've only got to find a piece of food underneath your cooking feet once, and mm -hmm. then you're going to have, you know, if you're chopping, there's often food just, you know, miraculously finds its way to the floor, and then you've got a puppy under your feet all the time. Yeah. Yep. And it might be things that aren't particularly safe for dogs yeah, to eat yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of those. Ah, if I had a chance again, I might do that differently. And has she discovered the opening of the dishwasher? I don't have a dishwasher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she has discovered the joy of licking bowls. Okay, pretty much. Um, so yes. she she does help with the rinsing yes. before before they go in the sink. <laughs> So she's learning lots of different foodstuffs. Yeah. Yes. Um, funny enough, Todd arrived wanting to drink tea. I, I cannot imagine. I know he came from a Welsh farm, but any chance there was a cup of tea in his range, he would be in there like a rabbit. I've never seen like it. And even today, if I haven't finished my cup of tea and there's an inch left at the bottom, he will stand staring at the cup. <laughs> Why would they have given him tea? <laughs> I presume it was just more milk scent. I don't know. Maybe it was a superstitious thing that you rear these puppies on tea, but yes, he's a tea drinker. Not coffee, just tea. <laughs> so certainly, you know, getting them accustomed to trying different foods is good. You know, um, chewing is a sort of, <coughs> is going to be part of her future for, for quite a while. So finding safe things to chew like carrots or um, um, other types of vegetables that are not going to upset the stomach. Yeah, definitely mm -hmm. we need something for those teeth to work on but not celery yeah. apples you tried it on apples apples yes apples are a big hit it's it's interesting because when Tiernan was a puppy 
he was so limited in terms of what he'd eat. Oh, right. He's yeah. still, he'll still take a piece of something that she's having and then spit it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but very, very limited. And, and in fact, I made a big mistake with that in that I would offer him something if he decided he didn't, didn't like what I was giving him. I'd offer him something different. And then, of course, he learned to become really fussy about yeah, his yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great to see her trying so many different things. Yeah, yeah. Even if yes, celery's down um, at the bottom of the list. Three at the moment, and piece of cucumber and zips. Yeah, have that. Merrick, yeah, I'll eat that. No problem. Todd, oh, I'll put it in my mouth and take it somewhere else and have a look at it. There's nothing he trusts <laughs> until he's actually looked at it well. You know, no, you don't get anything down him first time. He's not a, he's not a um, spontaneous eater. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's inspection first. <laughs> and does he do that thing of, of when you offer him a, a new piece of food from your hand, he closes his mouth and looks at it for a while before deciding if he's going to even take it oh no he has to survive so that. he's got to put it in his mouth because otherwise the girls will get it if it's if right. it's if it's available or i put it on the floor do you want it or not it's gone yeah somebody else will have it so he has to claim it keep it safe in his mouth and then he'll go off to his own space and decide whether he wants to eat it or not and usually the other two will follow him to see whether it's going to be for them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so he's learned to eat a carrot but he takes at least six or seven minutes to eat just a chunk of carrot you know and so the others are standing there waiting for him but i think he rather enjoys slow eating <laughs> but that's just his way yes so and how's and speaking of which yeah sorry Speaking of which, I'd forgotten how many things puppies like to put in their mouths. <gasps> Nika has learned to pick my pockets Oof. for tissues. Yep. Uh, and I've I've started correcting myself in that I don't put them in the right-hand pocket anymore. They go into the left. Oh, <laughs> but yes, she's going to yes. cotton on to that very quickly. Yes, yes. Yeah. There, there she was loves some... to take them shred. Yes, yeah, so, so certain uh, brands of, of kibble dog food were using the byproducts of the tissue industry, so wood pulp. Yeah, as part of their bulking agents for fibre in certain dog foods. So it's not unusual for dogs to become voracious eaters of tissues because it's it's like mm. dog food. Um, but often they just want to rip them apart rather than actually chew them and swallow them. So there certainly mm. is an attraction. And I think she's likely to put things in her mouth that have got your scent on it or great quantities of scent. So anything like car keys, money, mm -hmm. depending on how much you handle it, or it's got human scent on it, the remote for the TV, glasses yeah. cases, you know, anything that you handle on a regular basis in a way becomes not an invitation, but almost information for the puppy that this is something that you need to get to learn. This is something right. that is something worth discovering. Find out more about this because it's laden with human scent. That would explain her preoccupation with my mobile phone, which frequently yep. gets yep. acquired and yep. taken to a safe space to be explored. Yeah. Yep. So and yeah. shoes again. Uh, against again the lace part of the shoes they'll, they'll start to take apart very quickly and it nearly always ties up with things that we've handled a lot right so if you if you do have a new toy that you want her to have an interest in walk around with it on your body parts for quite a while <laughs> i wouldn't say tuck it down the front of you you know but uh, certainly getting a lot of scent on something <laughs> will bring up the attractiveness of that puppy to take to it you know taking something out of the packet and giving it to the puppy to chew uh uh, no, there's no connecting information here. So whether there's some right. sort of um, innate connection between what the others have eaten and chewed and then, you know, responding to that the same way or not, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you don't need to chew it first, but handle it first. It'll <laughs> certainly become more attractive to her. 
So how's the um um I hate to use the word house training. How's the place that we enjoy to go for a pee going, especially being a girl and you've not you've got a boy at the moment and yeah. it's it's cold outside. It, it's it's wet indoors, uh, shall we say. There we have we have puppy pads down. Those are great inventions. She, she, yes, she uses them. Yes, but she's far more reluctant to go outside. Have you tried taking the puppy pads outside when it's not raining? No. So often the scent of where puppies urinate is a strong mm-hmm. indicator of this is where you urinate in the future. Um, I mean, God bless pu- puppy pads, because the days of newspapers are just, oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, if, she, if she's going outside, if, if, if you can, you leave puppy pads, not blowing across the garden, but maybe pinned down under a stone or near where you want her to go, because scent mm-hmm. is just as important to the puppy as it is to the adult dog. So this is a safe place that you need to go pee. Uh, again, I don't know whether there's something from the wild that the puppies would return to the den to pee stops predators picking up juvenile urine i don't know okay. but often they will i've had more than a few puppies run back into the house to go for a pee yes <laughs> because that's the place you learn to go for a pee so whether it's just a bit of passive learning or whether there's some innate behavior that you you pee in your own bed type of thing or you pee in your own den area so you don't go outside it until you're more mature certainly if the puppies used to urinate you know if i have the little puppies playing in the garden with the adults if the puppies did pee anywhere, the adults would pee over it. So really? there's some connection there of either sending it to saying, yep, we're protecting this, this, these babies. These are ours. Yeah. And there are strong opinions on the use of puppy pads, aren't there? I mean, there's the yeah. school that you should never, ever use them. Because... And there's, there's the, uh, because it teaches the puppy to go indoors. But my thinking of that oh. is that she had already learned to go indoors. Yes, exactly. And if she yes. makes them... If she urinates on the carpet, it's far it's far less likely that you're going to be able to eradicate that smell yes. than you are yes. of putting yeah, a pee pad yeah, in the bin. Yeah. What I like about the puppy pads is if they pee on it, they don't get it all over their, their back legs. And, mm-hmm. you know, bitch puppies are very difficult to get them to learn to pee on a surface where it runs onto their feet. They just don't like it. Goodness. And I don't blame them either, you know. So <laughs> asking baby puppies to pee on concrete is not good um the boy pups are not quite so fussy you know they'll just tend to go where they are because that's what they have to do um but the girl pups need the right spot and grass is obviously ideal because it disappears wherever it goes so the puppy pad is good in the sense that when they squat to pee on it it's not going to run across the newspaper like a newspaper would and wet newspaper is the you know and if it's wet they won't go on it again to pee so no i think puppy pads are the best thing out Having somewhere, you know, when they start to get to the um, um, play is more fun than peeing age. So they're going to start to play and play and play and play. And the more they play, the more active they are, the more their kidneys are going to operate and the more likely are they going to pee, especially boy puppies. Mm -hmm. And they can pee three times in one hour when they're playing. If they then have to go through the routine of person, I think I need to pee. Could you find me the door? Oh, there's the door. And then they're going to go out. At the same time, they've got to give up the game. The answer is no. I'll pee here. <laughs> so, so the easier it is to get to the pee when they're in the bi- middle of doing something they're enjoying, the better. Yes, we can. We can do a gradual process. You know, when it's a controlled environment, they've just woken up, they've just eaten. 
we can do 80% of the need to pee goes outside, but there's always going to be a 20% of being caught short, and it's either a long way to the back door, or they're too busy, and you want them to go, you can go there, that's fine. I don't mind clearing up there, but I don't want mm -hmm. that. You know, So you're giving them a choice between that or, as you said, just letting it go where they are because you were busy or you weren't looking or you're doing something else. Yeah. And then you've got the smell of that. And even those best products, urine off, folks, it's one of the best products you could buy for this, um, is good. You will still have that scent in the house. And again, the, the puppy pads have got like a waterproof bottom where it's not going to go through to the carpet or the undersurface. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so no, I'm fine with those at all. No problem. Um, best invention. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of, of playing and getting too preoccupied or too too wrapped up in the game to remember to make it to the back door it on in the first couple of days at a couple of those instances with Tiernan which really surprised me it was this yeah. three-year-old boy and, and uh, oh I'm going to need to use one of those pads as well oh right okay. now I'm, I'm assuming that's what it was and not just oh try this out well I wonder if it was Mark over perhaps you know if, if she had used it already he was you know saying I need to cover this this is my girly I need to protect her from mm -hmm. all these predators. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I would always advocate for this is, again, seasonal time of year. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you need to think about that first period between 12 and 20 weeks. Ideally, you want outdoor life for the puppy. You know, if they're 12 weeks old in October and 20 weeks old by Christmas, you've got a shorter daylight hours colder outside less time outdoors they are the hardest puppies to really really cement that outdoors is for peeing indoors is for playing you know um yeah. I, I only ever had one winter litter of puppies they were born beginning of december and they were the hardest puppies to really find outdoors was fun it was short daylight hours we could play with them outside yeah i couldn't leave them to be outside because it was dark and cold and too dangerous for them or too wet mm -hmm. you know so summer litters so much easier so ideally you, you want a litter that's born february march yep and then you've got that 12 week period 12 to 20 week periods anytime during daylight hours and you're coming up to that soon so she'll she'll really cement that process that outdoors is a great place to be excellent I have some concerns about outdoors and the garden. So I started work on my garden uh, last year yes. and I've put down beautiful plants and bulbs of which I'm very proud. And she's already uh, developed an interest in digging, uh, yeah, which Tiernan did at, at her age. <laughs> she hasn't made her way over to the flowers yet, but the lawn is a, is a hazard. It's a safety yes, hazard yes, yes, <laughs> so, to so. watch for holes to trip in. So we'll have a talk about, um, you know, what her learning is when she's indoors, outdoors and how to live it. Um, that's definitely worth a, a good dig into that. So that's lovely. So that's you got through the first couple of weeks and she's um, busy teaching you lots of different aspects of who very, she is. Very busy teaching me um, <laughs> and teaching me about learning as well. It's It's fantastic to see how that appetite for learning in a puppy is so eager and so responsive yes, and, yes, and how quickly yes. she picks things up. They're voracious. Whether words age. or yep. phrases. Yeah. I always think at this age, so how many times a day is she awake? Does she have like 
three good waking sessions a day or five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, each of those is a full day for her, and then asleep. Mm. That's an, and then the next time she wakes up, which is midday for you, is another day for her. And then she sleeps mm-hmm. on all that lot and digests and learns it. And then she wakes up again, and there's another day for her. Yeah, so their lives, yeah. their planet's going around extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're, you know, they're in between sort of growing puppies and growing lambs, they're one of the fastest growing young animals we could actually see physically. And because they physically grow so fast, we have to have that mental growing. So their brains, if they cannot grow fast enough to become part of the group, as soon as they're adults then they're not going to be viable so yeah voracious learners absolutely voracious and every time they wake up they'll be learning something new every 60 seconds my goodness we'll talk about that then next time we'll make a list of what should learn this week cool lovely well thank you very much again and we'll catch up with her again Thank you for listening. We shall be following Nika's first year through the podcasts. If you would like to learn more, please have a wander around our website, learningaboutdogs.com. We have many, many articles and lots of courses uh, that you can explore. We also have Facebook pages, which is Kay Lawrence and Learning About Dogs. So if you have any questions on first year topics, Um, or anything else you'd like us to focus on, please use the Facebook pages and ask. See you next time.